All right, Brian. So we were talking and we were riffing on this idea of leisure time, right? This time of leisure time away from work, time to unwind, time to recharge. It's really a change of pace to what you spend maybe focus time on doing. And those recharge things are really important. Right. So I think we want to talk about this today and kind of talk about the context in which this lies in. And you know what? That seems like a pretty good name for it, too. So let's talk about the context of leisure time. Today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey, everybody. This is Brian. And this is Josh. Thanks for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world by sharing conversations with you, the listener, that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. And if you want to receive updates when new content is available, please be sure to hit the subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive the notifications when there's something new to listen to. And we appreciate you, all of us who listen to us, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with your friends and with us as we explore these topics together. And you can always find us on curiositycontinuum.com and links to everywhere you can find us. Thanks so much for your feedback, and we look forward to starting a conversation with you soon. All right, Brian. So we were talking about this now that we're kind of we got all that out of the way. <laughs> we were talk we were kind of talking about our leisure time and in the context of leisure time. Like some people think that all of your time should be dedicated towards the pursuit of a goal, right? Like money yeah, or a goal or something what they would call productive like and a tangible thing. Yeah. Now look, you're talking to a guy who loves being productive tries to find way, other ways to be productive in his life. Right. And uh, so here's a great example of, of where this is not as mu- as the way it should be. I'll put it that way. There are times when in the past when there was actually like a meeting like my wife and I had to have, took her out on a date to be able to go talk about these things. And, you know, I said, well, this is a business meeting, so I can deduct it as a business expense. (laughs) Technically, that's true, but that's not the the most productive way to maybe always build just the quiet time with your wife, you know? And maybe something you shouldn't tell her, like, during this meeting. Yes. (laughs) I learned that early on in my marriage, and so I didn't just, I just kind of did it on the card, you know, and kind of let it be. But I'm guilty of trying to multitask my goals because I always, my mind is always trying to find that way forward. But as I've gotten older, I've found that if I put everything going in that direction all the time, I get burned out quick. Right. And it's easy to do. Like, I've always been that person that kind of loves my leisure time. And Brian kind of knows that about me. But part of that was my crippling social anxiety. So I would have, I don't know if that was really leisure time. It was more like the avoidance. But as I've gotten older as well, I've realized that time away from my job or time away from my main pursuit is extremely important. And it's a time where I can take to be either by myself or with friends or, you know, my wife and I or, you know, Brian and I go do something um, when I when I see him and hopefully get to see him in person again soon. But like we do stuff like that. It doesn't always have to have an end goal of. I'm going to make this money or I'm going to, you know, get to this point. Right, Brian? Yeah. Even people who have 
different, well, people that are really driven. So a really common example of, or com, yeah, something everybody knows is Dwayne Johnson. And when you follow him on Instagram, not only is he obviously known for being successful as far as an actor and a personality and things, and his fitness is, he's super, super on with his fitness. But then you look at his cheat days and he's got about a foot high stacked of French toast, <laughs> different things like, right. you know, he'll do that. Now you could say, well, why is he having those cheat days? Because that's being counterproductive to him being fit. But really it's allowing him to have kind of the release valve to be able to pursue that goal with more vigor because it doesn't require him to be perfect at it. Right. And I mean, I think that part of this too is realizing that we are human beings and we're not perfect. And we need that time away from like the main pursuit of things that we like to do. And I would also argue that a lot of times our leisure activities are things that I think that some people would rather be doing than, than the things like, I mean, I know Brian, that you play music for a living sometimes, but you also play music and play bass and things like that for relaxation. Yes, correct. They're very different exercises too. If you talk to right. a lot of professional musicians, there is times in your life when you're playing the things you need to play and you're getting compensated for it and you can be compensated well for it. But some of those things is you're kind of just almost checking the box at some point. And some people would never know just by listening to it because the product is still good. But there's a mental exercise and thing that happens where like I'm doing what I love for a living, but there's always like non-cool parts of every job regardless of what you're doing. And exactly. that's part of it. Now... When I play for leisure, I'm not trying to, if I'm playing by myself, for example, I have my instruments at home, I'm not trying to play in time necessarily. And I'm not trying to be rhythmically perfect. What I'm doing is I'm allowing myself to stretch and fail, honestly. I'm like, well, what if I did this? And I would work over things. And then when it finally comes to the real thing, I'm structuring it a little bit more. But the creativity starts to flow in a lot of different directions sometimes when you're not focused on the thing itself. And... So the creativity sometimes is just you turn the direction and go another another way because I'm not focused on making money. I'm not focused on whatever. And all of a sudden like, oh, hey, this actually made this other thing better because you weren't only looking one direction. Right. I think that's an important thing Brian brings up where it's about recharging kind of your creative aspect of yourself. And even if you're not the most creative person, you have that kind of creative drive and you're, you're going to want to, you, you do use it even if you don't think you do. Like when you ever, if you found a different way to solve a problem at work, you're more effective when you're rested, right? Yes. I mean, so, I mean, take that for an example. If you were working constantly seven days a week and I knew, I know people that work seven days a week and I asked them sometimes like, why do you work that long? Like, why don't you take like Sunday off, for example, or Saturday off? And they're like, well, because if I'm not working, I'm not making money. But when I say to myself, I always say, like, how effective are you really at your job? When somebody says they work like 90 hours a week or 80 hours a week, no, you don't. I mean, there's probably about 20 or 30 hours you're just staring at your PC looking like you're working. <laughs> you know, and if you don't, if you don't really realize that, you probably are doing that stuff. Right. There's a thing that happens sometimes when uh, you are punching a clock. Like, okay, I have to fill the time. And a lot of the, depending on the type of uh, situation professionally, as I've uh, in, been an independent 
contractor for things is that sometimes I just price by the result. Like this is what it's going to be to get to this. Does that make sense? And then it's on me to actually solve that problem the way how much it, it'll, it'll get that way. I sometimes I'm over, sometimes I'm under, but it works out because like, here's the result that I'm going for. You know, there's a culture of hustling, 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 hustling again, and grind, 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 grind. And this is not saying you shouldn't be driven towards something. In fact, Josh and I are advocates that you should pursue those things and do them well and take the risk, all those different kinds of things. So hear that. And there are times in that pursuit where you need to sit down and rest or just change the pace a little bit. And some of the best realizations of your life come in those quiet moments when you're actually not doing the thing. It, It allows you to kind of process the day, process what you're going through, Sometimes when you're in motion, you don't even know you need the break. That's the thing. Like I, I was always uh, talking about, or I've always had this conversation, and I've had people that told me this story in this conversation. I've read this story too, where, for example, like Albert Einstein would sometimes need to be told to like go eat. Interesting. <laughs> you know, because he would be so focused on like a problem, or a like trying to find the solution to something. That he yeah. would forget time and space would just kind of like melt away and he would just be focused on his calculations. Yeah. And, and eating, they would say, you eating, need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> eating is not, uh, had a nothing to do with thing. actually getting to the theory of relativity. No. Other than it powered Einstein to think about and he didn't like pass away in the process because he nourished himself. It sounds overly done, but it matters. And sometimes... If you're stuck on a problem or you're stuck on a solution to a problem, taking that step back, like Brian said, just taking that step back and not actively thinking about it, you'll come to the solution. Your brain works on stuff and your brain works in really weird ways. I don't know if you've ever had this, Brian, but if let's say you're playing a video game or something and you're stuck on a part in a game and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to bed. You go to bed or you put it down for a while, come back a day later, and you get right through that part on the game. I have experienced that. I've also experienced the, I'm not going to let this thing (laughs) beat me. And it's two in the morning and I'm like having a a moment in the game. Like, you know, I'm like questioning, like, what am I able (laughs) to do things in my life and do things and whatever. (laughs) But I think that is that whole thing where your brain is resting and your brain actually figures stuff out for you without you actively thinking about it. So I have a friend named Jeff Hilliard, and uh, he's actually done some creative work uh, for other pursuits that Josh and I have had him work on. And I've known him as a friend for many years and professionally. And professionally, he's a creative director. And he's done it for over three decades. And he's one of those creative people that, that loves to manage people as well, which sometimes that's kind of a strange amalgamation of places to be. Right. When you're a creative person and you want to just be by yourself. But he, in the times he's been in different companies, he's, the times that he's been in different companies, he has made sure that his team gets out and has free time. They get off site and they work. Sometimes the management who is only maybe looking at numbers is saying like, why are you allowing your people to work remote? Why are you letting these people go to the park? He said, because if you want them to do their job, that's what they need to do. They need to have the distraction. They need to have something else to go inspire them. He said, if you're chaining them to the desk and you expect something out of them and you don't ever let them out and do stuff, he said, it's not going to work. 
Right. And I kind of like, you know, we kind of coming full circle, I think, in our society with this whole thing, because and I'm, I mean, I'm actually going to call out the millennial generation for probably a good thing that they're doing is that they're seeing that time away from their main job is very important to them. I remember stories like my dad would tell me, um, like he'd be like, yeah, when I was in high school and they were, you know, they didn't even have computers back then, obviously, because it was way long time ago. But um, <laughs> I love you, dad. But I know it was a long time ago <laughs> that they didn't have any of the stuff we have today, but they were talking about it. They were talking about the advances of technology that were happening and saying, oh, when we get this all up and running and all this automation, you're only going to have a 25 hour work week and you're going to get paid for 40 hours and you're going to be able to have this leisure time built right into your schedule. Right. Well, in reality, that didn't happen. In reality, what happened was instead of having 10 people, they had they cut it down to six and now they just gave you everyone else's workload. So you're still working 40 hours. So you're working a time up like a time and a half basically for the 40 hours instead of just the leisurely pace that everyone was working at 40 hours before. Now you're working a little more stressed. And in the United States, we really have stepped up that, but I have seen this shift happen in the workplace because I happen to work with a lot of younger people and older people where that millennial generation just kind of said, no, we're not doing it that way anymore. And it got to a point where I was even like, well, why wouldn't you just work? But as I started processing that information and seeing that, I was like, you know what? They're doing what should have happened a long time ago and putting a line in the sand and saying, this is what I'm going to do for the time I'm here. But when I'm off of work, I expect to be off of work. And I think that's something that's been lost, you know? No, it has been. And we're seeing it now. And here's the interesting thing is that there have been industries that have been built around things not sleeping or people not work sleeping, you know, as far as taking the break, the business Correct. model was built on tyranny of the urgent sometimes, not all, but it assumed a certain work model that now is being stressed even more with uh, the shifts in the workforce and everything. Look, there's a lot of boomers out there who've worked very hard for everything that they've had in their life and they've seen good success. They may not have enjoyed it as much in their life, that they're now saying, I need to go enjoy it now. And there's delayed gratification, 100%. But I think where this generation now is looking at is going like, do I, am I fulfilled in every area of my life? See, I think some of right. the older generation was like, I'll kind of just stick it out at my job or my career. Get, get to retirement. Yeah. yeah. If I can just get to the weekend, if I can just get to the lake, or, you know, and what's happened then is the leisure time was basically the thing they really wanted to do. And they just despised other, other areas of their life or just had like this fight within them. They go, the question is, should your leisure time thing have been exaggerated as much because you didn't like the main thing you were doing? Maybe the, the answer is what is the thing that you're really passionate about that can fit these things together? That requires a different train of thought that you can't get to if you're just going to sit there and feed the machine day in and day out again and again. Yeah. So really the whole point of this, I think is kind of take, you know, we said the context of leisure time, you know, the context of time away is important. And so, I mean, personally, I feel if you're taking, if you're feeling like you're stretched way too thin, you need to take some time. Maybe you start working that into your daily routine where after work or after the thing that you do, because you have to do, 
Maybe you work in something you don't have to do. And it may require, honestly, life shifts. Like, do I really need that third car? Do I really have right all these other kinds of things? Now, that all of a sudden now becomes a value thing, and that's where people go, well, if your leisure time doesn't result in more money or how much money it takes, it's not worth it. The question is, though, how have you prioritized every other thing in your life to say this is the context by which I'm judging my leisure time? Remember. And is, yeah. And it's is everything conte- worth it. Yeah. You know, it's all contextual. Exactly. Yeah. So as we talk about often on this podcast, it might be some contextual awareness of things that you've built into your life that either over-exaggerates the importance of your leisure time because you don't like what you're spending your time on most of the time, or it could be something where you haven't given yourself permission to do it simply because you don't feel it checks some box at which you've set up in the first place to check off to make sure that you're being, quote, productive or something. Yeah, I think this is probably a good place to kind of put a comma on, Brian. I think so, Josh. So, until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.